live with the best father and son team on the internet. It's time for Homie and the Dude. What is up, everyone? This is Homie and the Dude, the father and son, TTRPG and MMA podcast. And we are here with the mighty and powerful B. Dave Walters. <laughs> That's the dozens and dozens of my fans going wild there. Yeah. <laughs> that was that was the greatest response to one of Tom's intros I think we've had. There. That was that, that, that was amazing. That was absolutely amazing. <laughs> How are you doing today, man? How are you doing? Great. No, fantastic. Glad, glad to be here. Thank you. Thank you for having me. I, I think that there is a surprising overlap between the MMA and geek communities. And a lot of times people don't talk about it or, or they're almost embarrassed to talk about it, to be like, mm. you, 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 you like both of those things too? And it's like, yeah, <laughs> yeah, of course I like both of those things. Yeah. yeah. Happy to be here. Looking forward to actually get into some of that with you. Quickly, though, I, I know we spoke about this before the show. And we'll, we'll just blast through this to get it out the way um, and then get into the fun stuff because I actually have a really uh, fun question that I want to ask you to, to, to start this whole thing off. But obviously, there's been some you know controversy and stuff going down with uh, the Wizards of the Coast, WotC, and the, the OGL stuff. Um, and you know, for us, it's you know something that we're dealing with as third-party creators. You know, we write stuff, we we do actual plays, we also do this podcast. You know, and various forms of that. You know, from the leak draft, we're going to be affected. So it's something you know that's been weighing on our hearts. And you know, we like you have been waiting to see what the actual document says, and have been just kind of sitting back and just kind of you know wanting to see where this kind of leads and, and, and what's going on before we kind of choose our direction in the direction of homie and the dude going forward in the coming years as well yeah i think a lot of times people don't realize my actual background is business that's that's what i did for a living marketing i was a marketing exec for a few companies ran my own businesses and was playing games for fun and transitioned in all along and transitioned into this creatively so i, I kind of uh, I, I have a different view on all of this. Um, the whole thing, it's very unfortunate. It is one giant unforced error. Uh, it is a PR masterclass in what not to do. And I, I think the, ho the whole thing's just really sad. I mean, um, I know we, through, through the magic of time and space, we recorded this a little before the people are hearing it. So, you know, there's always a chance that something else is broken and is caught on fire. In, in the meantime, um, it, it's it's just sad. It's been handled very poorly. And at this point, I just want to read the document, see what it actually says, and, you know, make, make business decisions from there. Uh, yeah. But emo emotionally, it's just been, it would have been difficult to do worse, this rollout. It would have been, it would have been difficult to do worse. Yeah, I, I don't think you're wrong in, in, in a lot of that at all. And I, I think we stand with you very much. And, you know, emotionally, it's been a hard one. I, and I said to Tom literally before this, you know, with, with you know, Wizards of Coast making a statement, so I was reading this, I was like, I haven't slept good for like a week and a half now. Like I've been, I've been just like feeling, feeling this in ways that I didn't know my body like mm. even, even could. And, you know, just, just a super weird one. And perfectly, uh, leads me into my transition of my, my first thing that I want to that, ask that you. That was smooth. That was and, smooth. And, and feeling things that you're not quite sure, like why your body's doing that and whatnot. You often talk about spirituality, and I know it's a big part of, you know, a, a lot of what you do. What do mm -hmm. your spirituality practices look like? You know, you, you, you mentioned to us that, you know, that you're going to the gym, you know, things like that. What, what kind of spirituality practices and wellness stuff do you do in your life to, to maintain that kind of thing? I'm like, all right, let's uh, let, let, let's condense 3,000 years of human introspection into about 40 <laughs> seconds. Um, um, I, well, I used to, uh, you, you, you are correct. Spirituality is very important to me. I, I was a religion minor in college. I was a nationally syndicated columnist uh, for BeliefNet for many years. A lot of people don't know that. If you Google wow. B. Dave Walters and BeliefNet, they're still out there in the ether. Um, and a lot of those things still inform a lot of the things that I say and do today. Uh, mm -hmm. My own practice is very personal. Uh, I guess mm -hmm. to give the most concrete example, I meditate twice a day, for instance, uh, right when I wake up, right when I go to bed. Um, 
you know, you got uh, our, our, our homie Sid uh, behind you in the painting there. Uh, I, I, <laughs> mindfulness is a big part of my life just because um, I realize things happen so quickly. I mean, I've got kids and my kids are 12 and 15. Uh, Tom, I'm sure you remember when he was the size of a football and then now you blink and he's here. And, yeah. and, and, and your your only defense against that is being able to just stop and be present in the moment and, you know, and enjoy this thing, enjoy what's happening, enjoy what is. Mm-hmm. Um, so a, a heavy emphasis on mindfulness and presence. And I think the last thing is um, philosophically stoicism is very near and dear to my heart. Um, oh, I got, awesome. I got a, I got a picture of my homie Marcus Aurelius right here. The uh, um, so Mar- Marcus is always with me there um, <laughs> to to try and help keep me on the straight and narrow. And um, I, I sort of came into Stoicism the reverse way. Uh, I, I came across uh, the meditations of Marcus Aurelius at a particularly dark time in my life, and as I was reading it. A lot of the things he was saying jived with how I already saw the world. It wasn't like I had to try, you know what I mean? Mm, To be like, oh, I like chocolate, but, you know, let me see the virtues of vanilla. It's like, no, I I like chocolate. And then here was this kind of school of thought that was like, chocolate's pretty good, you Mm. know? But have Mm. you thought about making uh, milkshakes and cookies and, and, you know, cheesecake? And and here's the things you can do with chocolate. and so, you know, it's kind of helped keep me tethered, helped keep me grounded uh, and just sort of sort of get through the, the buffs and vicissitudes of life. And let me just say already in advance, if we're about to talk about spirituality and D&D and MMA all in one conversation, you've already won as the greatest interview of all time. That's, <laughs> <laughs> That's where we're headed. Boom. That's where we're headed. Let's go, baby. Yeah, there um, it is. Before we before we circle out of spirituality, uh, just want to yeah. uh, you talk on mindfulness and meditation. I'll do stoicism because I, I got a bit on that. So you go okay. first. Uh, you go first. Okay. Go for it. And then we'll then we'll double team the MMA stuff. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> My body's uh, yeah. ready. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. So mindfulness is something that I found late in life as well. And uh, the first retreat I went to was in 2014. And it was it was really almost like a, a survival mechanism for me. I was I was just really struggling with, not with with the outer image of Tom was successful, um, you know, healthy, all these other things. But inside things were, and including my relationship with Bodhi, was, everything was was kind of crumbling. My relationship with my wife Tracy, um, my own big big empty hole inside of me that just could not and would not fill with anything that I did. So I, I actually took mindfulness up as a, it wasn't like a, a solution that I was looking for. It was a challenge, like another tick in the box for me to, to, to be amazing. Um, <laughs> and what I, what, I, what I ended up finding on about the fourth day of the 10 day retreat was that I was an asshole. I was a real asshole. And I had been an asshole for years. And there, this perspective, so the thing for mindfulness for me is I had a perspective that I could never, ever actually tap into without mindfulness. And it was a third party perspective of Tom and Tom's behavior and how Tom would relate to people. And it was so, it was so sad. I remember crying on like the walking trails in between the sitting and, and walking meditation. I, the first thing that I did when I came home was apologize. Yeah, yeah. Heavy, heavy. Like, yeah, it was a, it was a good like 30 minute apology as well. <laughs> Yeah, and since then I have had I've had a pretty regular practice, very much like yours as well, and it is medicine for me. I, I love the idea of being like I'm gonna be so humble. I'm gonna show them how mindful I could be. Um, yeah, it's well, you know, it's it's a strange thing because there's two massive competing forces in that um, our mind does not default towards mindfulness. Um, I think people, it's a common misconception that people think your brain is supposed to make you happy, but it's not. Your brain is supposed to keep you alive. Mm-hmm. So that's why it is constantly trying to flag the, ooh, what about this? Ooh, what about that? Ooh, what about this? Ooh, what about that? In in pulling you away from your center. And then double that by the fact that the world wants that too. Um, mm-hmm. Attention is the only currency now. And there is 
near infinite competition to get us to stop and pay attention to a thing and to pull us out from something. Every chime, beep, and vibration from your phone, every pop-up ad, every notification, everybody being like, ooh, this is a thing. What do you think? You have to comment right now on it. Uh, you know, that, that has become the pace of the world. And that is very in antithetical to what our souls need and i will say if somebody wants um a, a crash course in mindfulness um and I don't, I don't mean to oversell it i just mean you can you can get the experience fairly quickly um, there's a video on youtube um called a guided meditation through your interiors it's a guy named gimpo roshi who perfected something called the big mind and big heart process and it's about three hours long and i say that to people and you know their eyes begin to roll back in their head and i'm like mm, you watched all three lord of the rings movies you you can find three <laughs> hours once and you're like I, I don't feel bad for you <laughs> but but it's 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 about three hours and you yeah, need to true. be lar largely un undisturbed uh and you just go along with it it's not really a guided meditation he just sort of asks you some questions and in the process of asking these questions and sort of peeling back the layers of the onion uh the process is basically he introduces you to those voices inside of you uh the same voices that when i just said that you were like what voices those voices because so mm. much of you isn't you i mean like so like tom so much of what was driving you i mean this isn't supposed to become a psychoanalysis of you now and i'm sure you've done a lot of this work yourself but a lot of those things that were driving you to do those things that you thought were important to have financial success to have a successful career to be physically healthy all these things a lot of that was put into you from externalized forces and you just been carrying them with you this whole time and so a lot of the process of this work is peeling that back. And that process in particular, it's a guided meditate, a, gu a guided tour of your interiors. If you just Google Big Mind, you'll see some short videos, but you'll see one that's like a big old chunky long one. It's the chunky long one that I'm talking about. Yeah. Um, helps you experience that kind of firsthand. And I highly recommend it. I, d I do the whole thing over again about two or three times every year just really? to experience it again. Mm -hmm. That was nice. wonderful stuff. That's super it's adapted awesome. from yeah. adapted from Zen Buddhism. Oh wow! Okay, that's, that's 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 super interesting. So, so uh, not to belabor this, but Zen Buddhism as well is on is is particularly interested in mindfulness and movement, and so having mindfulness in your life, not just when you're sitting on you know on a stool or in in a, a meditation retreat at that time, but really to to incorporate it into your daily activity, your even you know from when you wake up all the way through to mundane exercises like brushing your teeth or taking a shower or even going to the toilet, like like everything um, is meant to be like in the moment, and so that uh, that resonates with me. And and I'm not sure how much of that you've taken over to some of your performance stuff. So you know, being in the moment is pretty important when you're improving. Oh, yeah when you're you know Super playing short. off of someone on a live stream or in company of them but how much of that do you do you uh, attribute to your mindfulness great question it's absolutely vital in the sense of being able to freely step out of yourself and not be afraid of what you are going to find there and not being afraid of being uh, vulnerable or perhaps looking silly or making a fool of yourself or making a mistake um when I'm playing those roles, be it as a character at the time or the NPC that I'm embodying in the moment, I'm them. Like yeah. it's when I when I put that mask on, I am that person. I'm not mm. even thinking. I'm not even thinking. You know what would the Xanathar do? Like no, I'm just the Xanathar, mm. uh, and, and it so happens that I can I can switch it pretty quickly. But it's funny because there's been times that. Um, I've been doing performances and I was in character and someone said something to Dave and I truly didn't know who they were talking about. Like it took a second. Mm. I mean, it like, it, I don't mean to sound like I'm Daniel day Lewis, you know, walking around on set for six months as Bill the Butch, but I mean like <laughs> even that, that like five to 10 second, like, Oh, that be, oh, yes. What? Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. I just, I just need to take this hat off a second and put that exactly. other hat back on. <laughs> yeah. You, you, you meant the other guy. Yeah. So, um, so I, 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 I think it, it has been helpful in that, but I would also submit, 
Um, I think one of the strengths of TTRPGs is it allows us to face things about ourselves that are true that we might not have admitted to ourselves yet. And a lot of times putting on that mask is a way to tell the truth. So sometimes that pain or unresolved issues or trauma or just things you just haven't faced and admitted about yourself. Like you just hadn't admitted you were an asshole, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, Sometimes your character can realize they're an asshole in such a way that you're like, oh, oh, oh dear. You know, yeah. uh, and, and, yeah. and can lead to those uh, very, um, very clear awakenings. So it's almost like it, it's almost like it cuts both ways. It's like being very, very present can be helpful, but sometimes your your unresolved things can bubble up in a way that is also very powerful. That's, do you know, what? I think, you know, such a big part of that is emotional memory and things like that when it comes to acting. And, you know, like you like like you said, accidentally tap into moments like, you know, I've had, you know, multiple players, you know, if you in our AP, AP stream, you know, my mother plays an awesome character and has a dark history, like a heavy history um, that, you know, she's taken inspiration from Inigo Montoya, the, you know, from, uh, from Princess Bride. And, you know, it's really darkened it up and made it really kind of amazing. And when she has like moments where she's talking about this history and she like breaks down, I know she's going to places about, you know, her, her brother that she lost when she was younger, her father that she lost, you know, and I know she's going to those places to pull on those emotions. And I can see her, you know, dealing with some of that. And I know you do the same when you talk about, you know, your uncle, uh, your, you know, dead uncle in game um, and, and, and things like that. And I know like it, it's one of those things that really does draw on that. And I think it's beautiful. I also know loads of people like the, 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 it feels like one that I hear a lot about. I, I was going to say the classic, but it's not the classic. It's like one that I feel like I hear a lot about is people who are, um, in the closet still are not realizing they're in the closet, you know, then, mm-hmm. uh, you know, exploring, you know, gender and sexuality through TTRPG and then, you know, discovering things uh, as they go. And I think, you know, that's such an amazing and, and beautiful thing. And I, I love that the two intersect in that way. And, and also I think, you know, to, to, to circle back to stoicism a little bit, you know, that is again, fits into the TTRPG thing. I feel like as a DM, that's a, that's a, you know, mind frame that is really important, you know, being unaffected by things and being able to use logic and things to, to solve the problems in front of you rather than acting on emotion. And, you know, you know, a player does this and it annoys you as a DM or, you know, so on and so forth and being able to be, you know, centered and think about these things without emotion and more with logic and then put the emotion back into them super powerful like that's a skill that's like unbelievably like you know useful and i think a lot of actors should look at things like that as well and i i in my head while you guys were talking about i was like huh i wonder if that's why like a lot of like la like hollywood is very like ooh, like spirituality kind of thing whether people are like doing the mindfulness route to help their acting or whether that's just pure coincidence because you know, it's, it, it's, it's L.A. You know? hey, it, well, I can speak to this with some authority because I'm in L.A. and I'm an actor. Um, let me not be, I, I don't mean to say this uncharitably, but it's true. Um, a lot of people seek fame to fill a void. Mm there is something missing and they think if they pour enough applause and maybe some money and attention into it, it will fill that hole and it won't. So you get out here and there's a lot of needy people and there are some real valid solutions to that. And then people like, Hey, maybe I can help you. And that becomes the trendiness of the mindfulness and the trendiness of these practices. Of course, I'm not in the hearts and minds of all of these people. I don't know who is and isn't serious, but it is almost like a lot of wounded people show up. And then you get a lot of people that are purveyors of bandages. Also, pardon my French, a lot of those people are purveyors of bullshit, too. (laughs) Very much taking advantage of injured, needy people. You know, so it it is not all altruism. Um, But then, you know, like, for instance, a a dedicated yoga practice helps your body a lot, which helps your career. So it's, uh, I think that that's kind of why you you end up there. And 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 this is also an arena where... um, feelings and emotions and mental health and a lot of that stuff gets dragged to the forefront like a lot 
Like yeah. I'm sure if, if we went to if we went to Detroit, you know, what what's left of the automotive in, industry, a lot of those line workers would benefit from a yoga practice too. It's just <laughs> that environment, yeah. you know, doesn't yeah. doesn't really uh, lend itself to it. Mm, doesn't it, it? It's about having that nurturing space, and I think you know, T TTRPG is very much a space where it nurtures a lot of that stuff. Well, I say that as long as your table is good, as long as you, you know, the safety tools are in place, you know, all that kind of stuff is there because, you know, I, we have uh, one of our employees literally at the moment was talking to me the other day and was like, oh my God, I'm playing D&D with this group and we've got a rules lawyer who's a nightmare. One of them's metagame. She's like, the DM just doesn't give a shit. Like, she was like, it's just a shit show, bro. And she was like, oh, and we had no session zero. I was like, Bex, you know, like, you know, that's going to be a problem from the get go. Like, I was like, that's already a red flag. Like, you come on, Bex, you're, you're, you're better than this kind of thing. And then I think, you know, it's, it's one of those things that if, if it's safe, then you're going to have a great time. You're going to be able to, you know, test the limits of your own personality, the limits of your own expression. Um, and I think that's a beautiful space to be in. Uh, you know what, I'll, I'm gonna do another wonderful, wonderful segue here in, into turning away from TTRPG and then we'll, we'll come back a little bit later. But I think another space that does that and encompasses the whole being present, spirituality, the whole, again, stoicism, you know, thinking with logic is martial arts. And I think, you know, something we love about it, Tom and I speak about it, it's art. You know, when we watch an MMA fight, we're watching chess and, and Picasso mixed together, like in front of us. Do you know what I mean? And it's, it's one of those things of like, we, we love that. And I think one of the reasons we love it, and I remember like as a kid, if I was having a hard time and like I, you know, was doing like a kata or whatever and I needed to get out like some emotion, like that would often come out in mm. those moments and, and, and things like that. Again, because it was a safe space where I could express myself and I was in the moment. I was having to be present. I was learning, you know, all the things that I feel like you do in TTRPG. Like I know you partake in martial arts and have belts of various colors and, and, and degrees and, and, and powers and, 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 and whatnot. Um, can, can, can you tell uh, just us a little bit about your martial arts background and also just your opinion on how that kind of fits in your life and everything else, man? Uh, I will say a heavy bag is an excellent therapist. I mean, it's, it's, hard, it's, it's hard to spend 30 minutes with a heavy bag and still be sad afterwards. That's um, true. It's um, and it, there's a there's a reason why these art forms were originally created by monks in ascetics. Well, I say originally created. I mean, they were originally created by the first monkey that picked up a rock and hit another monkey. That was the, the original <laughs> creation. But being refined to the methods that we see and understand today, especially with the Shaolin Kung Fu and things of that matter, it came through ascetics that were using it as much as a tool for mastery and self perfection as they were for self-defense um it's um it, it is you learn something about yourself and you learn something about another human being when you fight them it yeah. is difficult to explain in a way that people who haven't done it don't know and they think you can get to the end of this knockdown drag out brawl and be all puffy and bloody and stuff and they're hugging each other and nearly crying and people are like i don't understand it and i'm like you really don't yeah. <laughs> actually yeah. there's a there's a there's a connection and a kinship with with another human in those moments um that i haven't found in many many other ways um yeah, I have black belts in Shaolin Kung Fu and Tai Chi, and then I just train in a bunch of other stuff. Uh, Kenpo Karate, Muay Thai, Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu, Five Animals Kung Fu, Five Families Kung Fu, um, uh, Bagua, Tsingyi, like my, pretty much anything you can think of. I've done at least a little mm. bit of it. Um, and, um, Damn! It, that was a big list. <laughs> that was a huge list. I was just like, oh, shit. Okay, here we go. on the internet, it's just the Shaolin and the Tai Chi. I didn't, I didn't know you were in the BJJ and the Muay Thai and all that stuff. That's in, that's insane. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I mean, you know, I, I, but those things, I mean, it's not. I, 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 I didn't go like win any tournaments. Yeah. You, you know what I mean? Like, I'm, yeah. I'm not some undefeated street fighter. You know what I mean? That yeah. I'm like, yeah. yes, I use secret techniques to fight fifty <laughs> men in the streets. I'm like, no, I, I, I didn't. Okay, <laughs> you know, so don't want to oversell it. Um, but um, yeah, back. Um, Right when I finished school, um, well, this is a spirituality podcast, so I'll, I'll tell you my actual origin story. Mm -hmm. 
there's been a few times in my life um, that God or the universe or however you want to describe it has spoken to me. And when I say mm. spoken to me, I mean spoken to me like we're talking, words, mm. you know, mm. not just felt a tug or something of what I should have. No, I heard. Um, mm. I was walking across the, the college campus, and at the time, I was really into Wu-Tang Clan. I mean, I'm still into Wu-Tang Clan. I got my, my <laughs> I mean, Wu-Tang shirt over there, right? <laughs> if you like but, combat but, and you like nerd stuff, you, you can't not be into Wu-Tang. Let's, let's be real. Well, <laughs> well, well, Wu was my gateway, right? So I, yeah. I would listen to Wu-Tang Clan. If you're not familiar with they work, they sample a lot of kung fu movies. So I'd find the movies they'd sample, and then I went and I watched those movies, and I kind of got into to the movies, right? And um, I was walking across campus one day, and something said to me, as clear as I'm talking to you, you should train in kung fu. Yeah. And, and I literally said back to it, I was like, well, I don't have time because I'm in school, but I'll do it after I graduate. And it said, okay, do it after you graduate. Mm. I was like, okay. Well, that, that was my burning bush moment. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like the yeah. pillar from heaven. I mean, but that's what happened. So wow. um, I graduated in May. I started training in June. Um, I, I, I just <laughs> loved it. Um, I mean, I'd done some like Taekwondo when I was a kid, but I mean, everybody did but in the eighties, but, uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, that was kind of my, 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 my first real exposure to it. And yeah. it turns out I was pretty good at it. And then, um, I reached a point where I kind of had three different options. I'd been offered the chance to have my own Kung Fu school under my master in Atlanta. Um, I thought about going into MMA because this is the early 2000s and, and it yeah. became clear like this this was going to be a thing, you know, like, I mean, yeah. I've been watching the UFC since the 90s, but it was like, it was clear like, oh, this, this, this is something, you know, yeah. um, or I could have uh, become a bodyguard for uh, my, my friend's band, uh, Evanescence, because they started blowing up at the time. And what is happening right now? This is yeah. crazy. <laughs> I, I grew up with those guys in Arkansas. Yeah, still friends of mine. Um, so um, my thought process at the time was I could always come back and do the Kung Fu school. And the more things I've done in the world, quite frankly, the more prestigious it'll be. Mm -hmm. um, I truly, truly enjoy fighting. I love it. But I'm vain. And I didn't want my nose all crumpled and like cauliflower ear and stuff. You know what I mean? I was yeah. like, Ugh. so I was yeah. like, let me go do this bodyguard thing. Cause that's the most time dependent. I have no idea how long that's going to be an option. And then I will decide if I want to do those other two in the process of doing that. That's what brought me out here to LA. Uh, I'd wanted to be a writer the whole time. Uh, you know, I've got a degree in English. That was my ambition. And then uh, doors started to open out here and, and, and that's, that's the way it went. Um, but I've been training the whole time because because I love it and I enjoy it and um, yeah that's that's what happened. <laughs> that's absolutely I guess, wow. I will say I guess for for your listeners who may not know me, so I'm like six nine, which is two point oh five meters and one hundred and twenty kilos. So oh, I didn't know. Yeah, I didn't know you were that tall, dude. I didn't know you were that mm. tall either. Jesus Christ, <laughs> that's huge. Well, well, it's funny because people are like, "You're so big. Why do you need to know martial arts?" I'm like, "Because anybody that wants to start something with me either knows something themselves or is crazy." <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <You're ready. laughs> either way, yeah. So, yeah. That's that yeah, is that's some solid ass reasoning right there. <laughs> that's that's some solid reasoning right there. Um, mm -hmm. couple of couple of things. So first of all, um, I, I definitely want to talk a little bit about Shaolin. Just also like to so so yeah, all, all the martial arts that you named are you know awesome martial arts. I've I've done Kempo Karate for for me. I was I was a, a champion of Spain in Kempo for for many years. That was a one mm -hmm. of my like big things. For, for martial arts and so I love you know karate and then you know Muay Thai is a gorgeous sport what an amazing like brutal but gorgeous sport you know uh, kung fu has like so like I love the variety of style where it feels like you know Muay Thai is a very locked in like everyone's kind of doing very similar kind of style where then you look at kung fu and it's like wow you're not going to find two kung fu martial artists that are you know the same which is really cool um I want to mm -hmm. ask kind of two two things um first one though is within the realm of kung fu because as fans of like mma and we you know watch a lot of you know uh, uh you know 
heavy uh, martial arts events. We also do post-fight interviews and things like that. And so, mm-hmm. you know, we're, we're, we're at all of this, what I, what, what I guess in the world of martial arts is called, you know, high-impact real martial arts kind of things. And then you have mm-hmm. people, you know, and you, you've heard, I'm sure you've heard people like Joe Rogan and whatnot going on at length mm-hmm. about some fake martial arts that are out there. And I know one of the mm-hmm. pools that gets muddied a lot is Kung Fu because, you know, there is so much variety and there is so much like air for that kind of stuff to happen. It's a little less hard to, to kind of weed that out. Have you experienced any of that kind of like, you know, like wushu magic stuff, like anything like that in your time of practicing Kung Fu? Have you gone into any of those situations? Uh, I can spot them from a mile away and I live, <laughs> I live to defang those things. Um, yeah. he, 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 here's the reality. Let me tell anybody who is an aspiring martial artist that you need mm. to know one thing. Your teacher needs to know how to box. 30 yeah. style sweet science box. Show you how to throw a jab, a hook, a cross, and an uppercut effectively. Mm-hmm. And then show you how to defend yourself against those things. Like mm-hmm. Kempo, a lot of the Kempo forms, man, where you're like, oh, I'm going to step back and block the hook like this. It's like, no, you're not. You aren't. Like this, <laughs> this, this doesn't work. It doesn't doesn't i wish it did nobody yeah. wants it to more than me but it won't and i <laughs> yeah. used to i used i used to have to exp- the, the thing i would do to my friends to open their eyes is i would say hey check this out i'm gonna take this fist i'm gonna punch right past your head right this fist right here right past your head you do that block and stop it all right you ready you know and they never can ever. <laughs> yeah, yeah. and i'm like you're not gonna yeah. and then especially after the first one comes here comes the second one so you you need to have a root in the reality of the biomechanics and the physiology of the human body and just Love what that. it's going to do right yeah uh and and boxing is that you know yeah. just 30 style western boxing is that now that being said on the other side of that is something that i hear people say a lot of the times that i find absolutely infuriating is that tai chi is not a martial art tai chi is not for fighting and I'm like, well, Tai Chi means the grand ultimate fist. It was like the greatest martial art. When you have uh, some hippie in the park who has never thrown a punch in their life that is showing it to you, no, it's not at all. It, 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 is, um, it, 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 is, it is almost like a master class for, for combat. Yeah. So it is almost like I feel everyone should experience that core. If I had to teach anyone to fight, my children, when I taught them to fight, Everyone should learn to box um, just because it, it is the easiest, most intuitive way to defend yourself that is going to get you out of the most problems. Yeah. Um, boxing in and of itself is not an end all be all. Of course, things get complicated when grappling enters the equation. The fact yeah. that if you punch a human being, you are probably going to break your hand. Um, yeah. You know, the, these bones don't deal well with these bones. But <laughs> if you've been if you've been put into a situation where you have to, I'm like, I'll trade my broken hand for your broken jaw. Okay. <laughs> deal. <laughs> Um, but but then you can build on that the things where how here's how you can actually apply the concepts of Kimpo that Mr. that Mr. Parker was trying to teach. Here's how you can apply the concepts of Kung Fu where now I have the space and the timing that I can get out of the way and I know this foot right here can reach your liver and I will put you away. Um, yeah. That's when it's useful. There was yeah. a, there's a place here in Burbank, and I used to live next to it, and I would throw up in my mouth every time I walk by. Was the sign on the door said Shaolin Taekwondo, and I'm like, that's not a thing. That's not a thing. That's Chinese <laughs> and Japanese culture, and you're mashing all kinds of problems here, dude. There's history there, brother. You can't do that. Stirring in Korean, yeah, and it's like every time I'd walk by and I'd see the dude, part of me wanted to go just full kung fu movie, you know, break the sign, <laughs> but I'd, I'd, if there'd be kids in there and the kids are having a good time and I'm like, okay, you know, and it's yeah. like, I, I feel bad when a lot of MMA guys look down their nose at the traditional stuff and it's like, to me, the traditional stuff the the MMA is the MCU. It's action movies. It's Thor. It's Captain America. It's spectacle. Yeah. I love spectacle, <laughs> but the the traditional stuff is Shakespeare. 
Mm. And there's things you can, there's things Shakespeare can say that the MCU cannot say. And those yeah. things are valid, you know? Um, but to, I, but, but to, yeah, to, to bracket that, learn to box, kids. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for watching this episode. We really appreciate you supporting Homie and the Dude. Please hit us with the Holy Trinity, like our Facebook page, subscribe to the YouTube channel, and follow us on Instagram. Just search at Homie and the Dude. It all really helps. I love that. I love that. And and for, for, for a good second there, I genuinely thought we were about to hear your villain arc as well as you enter the, the dojo and are like, I challenge everyone. Oh, oh, oh. It's just I'm blasting kids arc. out of the way. <laughs> yeah. 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 I'm like, it's just order 66 in this piece. And I'm like, oh. come back for revenge when you've learned something, child. Yeah. <laughs> oh my God. Um, but no, I, I fully agree with you. And I, I think there's so few people who put it like that. I think that's, if ever there's someone who's thinking about martial arts, that was such a beautiful, we've had fighters on who haven't said it that good. Like, Jesus, that was like very well put. About, I also, like, yeah, I, I will say, I will, I, will, I will build on it as well a little bit. So the striking is absolutely fundamental. And whether you're in the octagon, in the UFC, if the higher level striker you are, like Israel Adesanya or even uh, Alexander Volkanovsky, these guys, or even traditional striker, Stephen Wonderboy Thompson. Yeah, so mm -hmm. from his karate background. But you see the feint game, the, the boxing brings a timing and a rhythm that is super, super important to, to the martial arts. And so you, and then if you can build in different components, like, you know, if I can take someone down with my wrestling and then I can build in some jujitsu or I can defend those types of things, then you do have a foundation that it's pretty, uh, pretty protective out in the wild, you know, pretty able to, to defend yourself. The original thesis of the ultimate fighting championship is, you know, people were like, Ooh, it's human cockfighting or whatever, but, but it wasn't the original thesis of the ultimate fighting championship is let's find out what is the ultimate right. martial art. Yeah. And the answer is there wasn't one. Yeah. You know, I mean, B BJJ jumped out front at first, yeah. but it, it, it proved it's still fairly easy to counter. Uh, yeah. what, what is it? Um, uh, Hicks and Gracie's quote, if you're a black belt and you get punched in the face, you're a brown belt. If you get punched <laughs> in the face again, you're a purple belt. You know, it's, it's beautiful. Yeah, it, 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 yeah. It's, it's accurate. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, definitely. Well, let, let, let's, let's talk about, um, this is, I'm, I'm going to try my own version of a transition. It might not be quite as smooth as yours. But okay, if we, go for if, it, go if, for if, it. If we use I believe the term, I, I believe in you, I believe in you. <laughs> if, we, if we use the term villain arc, that's taken us a little bit more towards uh, fantasy and D&D and, and a TTRPG. And what I'm really interested about is something you said at the very beginning of this podcast, which is you come from a business background. And from mm -hmm. what I've seen in you, Dave, is you have been able to, from, from you know, your public persona, build in... Mm -hmm both an authenticity in your D&D, TTRPG, live streaming, whether you're, whether you're a player or a DM, but you've also had a really interesting way to brand yourself. So, and I saw in your, in your player course, your 14-day player course, there's a lot of stuff in there on how, how can we, if, if we really wanna take this serious, like how can mm -hmm. we put ourselves out, how can we develop ourselves first and then put mm -hmm. ourselves out there in a way that, that promotes both our playing but also our persona um so yeah you have any anything especially around the, the course that was really interesting how you added that as a part of the course uh before i do this you want to see a real smooth transition go on yeah. <laughs> right yeah that's uh wonders of technology part of me was like i'm gonna do that at the end and i was like i'll, I'll forget i'll miss the game um yeah so everyone who fancies themselves a professional. And let me tell you how I define a professional. A professional is you've been compensated to do the thing. That's it. If, if you're a graphic designer and someone tossed you 20 bucks to make their wedding invitations, um, if you are a photographer and a friend of yours, um, you know, toss you a couple of dollars to take some Instagram photos for them. Once you've been compensated to do the thing, you are a professional. Now it's mm -hmm. a matter of scale. 
to be paid more money to do more things. And if you are a professional, you absolutely must, 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 must be mindful of branding. Mm -hmm. Branding and reputation are interchangeable. Now, what I will say is, again, I said I was being vague about the Watsy kerfluffle, but what they've done is they've damaged their reputation, which means mm -hmm. they've damaged their brand. Uh, and it may or may not be irreparable. You know, we will see to, to to what extent they continue swallowing their leg. We'll we'll decide whether or not it's it's irreparable. But that's Beautiful what they've image. done. Yeah, you know, they 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 they've damaged their yeah. reputation. And so when when I talk to people that that are trying to get ahead in this space, the question I always ask, and I did bring up in the program, which is I did fourteen day player, fourteen day DM. You can find both on the undisputedacademy.com plug. Um, mm. When people think of you, what do they think? Because the two things you always need to be mindful of is who knows you and what do they know you for? Like people talk about like, oh, it's just who you know. People that complain about that are lazy people. Uh, because yes, there is a component of that. Unquestionably there is. But what happens, and I've seen this so many times and I've been on both sides of this, is when it comes time to hire somebody here in 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 uh, the the Hollywood side or the higher end of the streaming business, it's like mm, we need a new cameraman. Okay, get uh, Joe. Joe mm, had a bad pro had a bad experience with Joe. Really? Mm. Yeah. What about Tammy? Tammy's dope. All right, get Tammy. That's it. There, there's yeah. not interviews. There's not resumes. There's not. Let's go check their reels. It yeah. is top of mind awareness of who is and is not legit and who is and is not easy to work with, right? Mm. So you have to decide when you're putting things out into the marketplace, make sure everything is analogous to who you want to be known as. My following on social media would be much larger if I just picked one thing or talk and just talked about that one thing. Uh, mm -hmm. Or if I didn't ever talk about politics, for instance, or mm -hmm. I didn't, you know, sprinkle in some stuff about MMA, uh, I realize a, a fraction of my only a fraction of my audience cares about this clip of Hamzat Shemaev ragdolling somebody. <laughs> um, and, dude, I and, love and, you. And, I, first of all, it's so it's so rare that we get. To <laughs> I'm literally, dude. I'm like, dude. It's beautiful. Like, how many people would you guess out of a thousand people that profess themselves as TTRPGers, D and Ders, could say no? That's brilliant, dude. That's we right. are kindred spirits, bro. <laughs> oh, Absolutely. God. Well, but but I made a conscious choice. Yeah. that in my social media spaces, I was going to be me. Yeah. And I was going to talk about what's important to me. Uh, if I were doing brand consulting, I would say very different things. You know what I mean? Yeah. Again, especially, I mean, I know for sure the political stuff has cost me people. Quite frankly, I don't care because I don't want the people the political stuff has cost me. But yeah, I also know the contrary is true. If I only did the political stuff and not the geek stuff, mm -hmm. my yeah. my following also would have been better. I mean, would yeah. be higher. You know what I mean? So I kind of yeah. get the, the 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 people that can kind of either understand all these worlds or at least tolerate all these worlds, right? Mm. But that's a conscious choice I make. So people in this space, you got to decide um, who it is you're talking to. And the answer is never everybody. People think I'm talking to everybody. It's like, no, you're not. Trying to talk to everybody is the same as trying to talk to nobody. Yeah. So get an idea in your head. And when I, when I talk about your target, it doesn't mean you're talking only to them. But primarily, who, who are you talking to? Uh, if you're like, I'm trying to talk to... Um, girls that are in high school and college and kind of like transitioning into the world and finding out who they are. I'm talking to men who are maybe over 40, can't quite hit it as hard as they could in the gym and are kind of trying to redefine themselves. I'm looking for uh, millennials who are stuck living at home and are vaguely kind of resentful about it and I kind of want to make them laugh. You know, just get an idea of the face of the person you're talking to. And then 
the content you post, both the content you create and even the content you share has got to be something that that person finds interesting. Mm. And if you are essentially always setting these honey traps for people, they will organically and innately kind of come in and enter into your ecosystem and start interacting with you. Um, You know, it's, it's, it helps because I mean, I actually feel this way, but I mean, for instance, if I suddenly started, I don't know, and I do not feel this way internet, but if I, if I started posting like free Andrew Tate, the agents of the matrix came after Andrew Tate, you know, that's, 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 that's not my audience. That's not yeah. who people know me as. And it's not who I am, Internet. It was an example. <laughs> stay, stay, stay with me. Do not I, clip I, that I, little clip. I, I hear the outrage coming towards the keyboard with some people, you know. Uh, but, you know, that that's not the community or the presence that I have mm-hmm. um, intentionally cultivated. And what I will tell you is also that will that is not just your sword, in the sense that when people are looking for people for projects or whatever, and they know that's your thing, that, that it, it, it is advantageous for you. But it is also your shield that when people try and come at you, the people know who you are. Yeah. And that is your defense. And uh, because people will try and come at you, uh, yeah. especially if you have any, any standing. I mean, flies are drawn to honey. What can I say? You know? So. Do, hmm? do you know what? I, I so much it, it's it's crazy i feel like we pick them so good i feel like we're so lucky with who who we, who we like talk to to have on this podcast it's crazy so we we are very much in a similar space of you know we don't have one area that we're like we're doing we we make dice you know we write ttrpg supplements we you know uh we're a family we, we're a family. we you know are we do actual plays we also do mma content we do ufc streams we also do like I mean, there's two sides to that. There's two sides to that. We, we, we have an analogy. So the analogy mm-hmm. is, are you, are you an arrow that pierces through vertically one area, or are you a snowplow that, that has a lot of hedge, but, you know, your progress is more methodical, and you have, you have options, and you're also possibly serving a lot more of your passions instead of one thing that could burn you out. And, and I think that's to, to, to what Dave said, you know, it's that, it's that point of like, you know, if, if you're smart about how you do it, if you, you know, if you're, like you said, God, so, by the way, I just learned so much from what you just said. It's crazy. I, that's <laughs> another one of my favorite things about these podcasts is how much I learned. It's great. Um, I, I feel like the whole thing you said about, you know, um, thinking about who the face is of what you're doing and, you know, working for that and, 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 you know, considering that. And then, you know, and dude, the whole thing about, you know, the people we saw like a thing of like, I can't remember what the full funnel was, but I know like the bottom section of the funnel was people who advocate for you. And yeah, it was like, evangelist, um, yep. yeah, yeah. And it being like, you know, these people are going to be the ones that are going to support you. And that being the defense and the offense in, in both cases. And that was a really interesting thing. And you just reiterating that just like really, really like rang true with me. I, I, I fully agree, man. Well, if, if I, if I would, if I would give a piece of advice, um, both to you all or anyone who wants to occupy multiple spaces, um, Mm -hmm. and you all may already have an answer for this question. If you're going to do a lot of things, you can do a lot of things, but you do need a logical through line that will sort of keep you rooted. You know, yeah. for me, my logical through line, and I don't say this often because it sounds more grandiose than I intend, but it's true. My through line is to help reduce human suffering. That's okay. why I do what I do. So if a story I tell helps take your mind off your problems for a little while, a joke I post, an actual play, a screenplay I write, an article I write that makes you feel like maybe you're not so weird, all of the strain, all of the seemingly disconnected things I do all plug right back into that. Everything I do is trying to make a person feel better. Yeah. Um, and so uh, when I have that logical framework, it's very easy to hang things on that. And it's very mm-hmm. easy to be like, I just shared this with you because I thought it would make you smile. Here, Here's a here's a 30-second clip of a baby laughing, you know? And if I'm – and a lot of times I think to myself consciously, I'm like, well, 
It's about six o'clock on the on the West Coast. It's about nine o'clock on the East Coast. People are coming home and unwinding and stressed out. Now is when I'm going to post that cute cat video. I usually try every night. I usually try to post something funny or sweet right before I go to bed. Um, yeah. Like that, it, I intentionally. I'm like, here's the last thought of the day. You know, something good. Uh, yeah. You know, that I'm like, let, let that tumble around the algorithm until until I wake up in the morning. And I might wake up spitting that hot fire, you know, depending yeah. what's going on in the world. But I try to end on it up because I'm thinking to myself, you know, obviously I, I'm, I'm not so vain as to think that, you know, the whole world is checking my Twitter feed before they go to sleep. But somebody, this might be the last thing they see. Yeah. And, if, and if, if they're like, oh, that puppy and that duck are adorable. Hmm. You know, like, okay, that one person eased off to bed a, a little bit easier. Um, I love it. I love it. Man. So, yeah. So, you know, and, and there's there's a, there's a, a thousand things that you could do that could, that could be that through line. And like I said, I'm not going to put you on the spot to say it. You may already have it. But if you don't have it, I, I would thoroughly encourage you to be able to articulate in a sentence. You know, what mm. what, what we do is blank. And that manifests as dice and TTRPGs and talking mm. to fighters and, and, you know, but, but as long as, as long as you have that, uh, central core, it will help you, it will help you tactically and it will help the audience because when you're always consistent with that thing, um, even subconsciously it'll resonate versus, uh, I mean, even you take something <laughs> like Amazon, which has literally everything, but Amazon's thing was we're the everything store. Yeah. yeah. You're yeah, like, yeah. okay, you know, I, yeah. I, 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 it's it's the place I can get everything. Dig it, because otherwise you're like, wait, let me get this straight. I can buy a pacemaker and diapers and a baseball bat and uh, what? <laughs> and and a fish. You know? <laughs> yeah, right. Exactly. Sorry. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. So. I think, dude, dude, that's such fuck, dude. Like, I honestly, thank you. Like, yeah. I, I just appreciate you saying all this. Like, I think a lot of people need to hear this. Tom and I included. And, you know, I, I'm Thanks sure like us. like we always do after these podcasts, we'll be sat talking about it for the next, like, sure. hour, 20 minutes or so. And, and, and but if you could, if you could, if you could consolidate our thing, it's, it, is, it is a father and son. And it's a, it's a project that, you know, we, and, and from one lens, it looks like, oh, man, they have, you know, they have an amazing relationship. But we have been through a journey in our relationship. But... We have tended to to get to a place where we're working together on a venture, and it's uh, we don't know what the outcome is going to be on the venture, but it is something that we both are really interested in, passionate about, curious about. And so, when we interview, for instance, Arnold Allen, the the, the fifth ranked featherweight in the UFC right now, is going to get a crack at Volkanovski's crown this year, probably. We interviewed him with his dad, and half the podcast was talking about father and son shit. And it was beautiful. Yeah. It was awesome. Like we talked to Greg and Shelley at uh, Dragon Talk and have to talk podcast talking about how them being parents and, uh, you know, how their kids like to the best thing they like about D&D is is having, you know, a snack flatulence powers out of their yeah, hands. and snacks. And, you know. So I think I think that's our through line. Um, but it, it is definitely Good. more food for thought to emphasize that to really make that like the statement, the you know. Careful. I, I, I think I know what Dave's going to say. Suggestion? Go I, I, know, I, know, suggestion. I think I know what Dave's going to say. Go for it. Your through line is forming and strengthening human connections. Nice. That's, that's yeah. pretty much exactly what I was going to say. It's, it, it's pretty it, much let me on. ask you this. What do you think about like between generations or amongst generations? Or is it, or, or, hey, or can the, it... There's no wrong answer. It is yeah, what yeah. you say it is. You know yeah. what I mean? Dave, yeah. just tell us the right answer. <laughs> Jesus Christ, Dave. Come on, man. Yeah. Leaving us on yeah. the hook out here. <laughs> hey, but, but because generations is completely valid, yeah. uh, that that yeah. is if if that if that's what resonates, it just between people in general, if yeah. that's what resonates, it's or, or something completely different. Again, yeah. there's not a right I, the, the, the oh, hmm? no, 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 no. Please continue. Please, please continue. I'll, I'll it, it's it's a, 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 a speech that, that I often give is 10 years ago on the short end, 20 years ago on the high end, all entertainment was controlled by about 75 people. And I don't mean that in some predatory conspiratorial way. I mean, if you didn't get a nod from this casting agent, you know, if, if, if this, yeah. if this director didn't choose you, it's just, you weren't going to have a career. You just weren't. 
um, the internet democratized all of that. The internet yeah. did away with all of that and gave everybody an opportunity to find their moment in the sun. The problem now is being heard above the noise and being heard mm -hmm. above the chaff. Yeah. Because while you're free to sing your song, literally so is everybody else. So yeah. that's why th this clarity is important. Um, to the thing that you were saying about the funnel, uh, if you're not familiar with the concept, uh, dear dear viewer, Mm. of a thousand loyal fans google it but the the simplified thing is you only need about a thousand people that are going to support you in anything that you do yeah and uh you know that are going to consume your content that are going to buy the things you can put out and you can build a career off of that you don't need tens of thousands and millions and millions of people to 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 do the thing um the only and the last thing i would say um because i don't want to gobble all of our time here is I don't think of myself as having competition. No. Um, I was very fortunate that very early in my formative years, um, again, in the early 2000s, when Vince McMahon bought WCW, I watched mm -hmm. an interview with Vinnie Mac, and someone said to him, well, what are you going to do now that you don't have any competition? And he yeah. said, oh, I have competition. My competition is everything else a person could be doing. Yeah. They could watch football, they could read a book, they could go for a walk, they could have dinner with their family. I still have to create an experience that is going to make a human being stop what they're doing and pay attention to my product, which is the WWE. Back to what I was saying before, that attention is the only commodity. When I think we as creators need to be very mindful of something that I think people often lose track of, that when we are asking people to give us their time, we are literally asking them to give us a piece of their life that they will never get back again. So I'm not competing. I mean, it just so happens I'm friends with all the people in this space, but I'm not competing with Mercer or Brennan or, or Bria. They're all friends of mine. I, I want to see them win. There's room for everybody. Mm. But I am competing with ev literally everything a human being could be doing. Mm -hmm. And I have to, one, do something that is going to get enough of their attention that they're going to want to pay attention, but also be, be respectful and honor the fact that they are giving me a piece of themselves that they will never get back. So I try my best to not put up. I mean, people always like you tweet so much and I'm like, yeah, because I enjoy it. But to yeah. the best of my ability, I'm never putting out fluff. I'm never, ever, ever saying well the algorithm rewards you for tweeting four times an hour so i have to tweet again never 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 mm -hmm. never 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 mm -hmm. if i'm saying a thing i'm saying that thing because i think somebody wants to see that thing and okay. i think when you approach this medium from because I, I see lots of people that are like well we're gonna do another stream and i'm like why and they're like oh i'm like yeah save everybody some time you know, mm -hmm. you do a stream because there's a story you have to tell, because there's a journey you want to take people on. And sometimes there's a business reason, of course, that you're like, well, you know, Twitch needs us to stream a certain number of hours. And, you know, so the, the, there is that component, mm -hmm. but you still need to look at it as like, okay, I must go on stage tonight. Yeah. Mm -hmm. What is the absolute best thing I can bring on stage tonight? And your best is going to look different, you know, day to day. Yeah. It's it, by, by no means is every time I'm on camera an absolute scorcher. Actually, let's be honest. It is an absolute scorcher. <laughs> but, you know, it, it, it is not whether or not you hit the home run. It is your intent to swing, you know, yeah. always swing. Don't ever try and bunt. Swing. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> that's it. I'm done. <laughs> wow can, 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 can i just say that is so inspirational like i i think as well the whole like and dude you know you you, you just mentioned you know giving someone your time is giving them a piece of your life thank you for taking the time in your life to to come and talk to you know tom and i and and like it's it's honestly like it's so refreshing to to look at it in that way and to, to think about it like that and i just appreciate you man coming and sharing your knowledge with us and i feel like I feel like I'm a fucking better person for listening to some of this shit for sure. <laughs> um, and and uh, no, I just I just appreciate you, dude. And uh, I, I think from us on our end, you know, we we have just been from afar, you know, 
spectating and, and loving, you know, your career. You know, I've watched your Vampire the Masquerade series and I very much enjoyed that. Your, your, your portrayal uh, was incredible and I really, really enjoyed that. Um, and, Shout you know, out to Clean Ventrue. Yeah. yeah. And, uh, you know, I just really, really like have appreciated you from afar. So just thank you, man. And thanks, thanks for giving us the opportunity to talk to you today and, and, and have a bit of your life. And, and, I, and honestly, I'm not going to forget it. And, uh, and I hope others don't as well, because it's, it's awesome. Hey, thank you. I, I appreciate that. And I got to say, Tom, you strike me as the kind of guy that has probably said this out loud. But a lot of times I know when you're dealing with kids, they can't hear it from their parents. They have to hear it from someone else. Bodie, nice man, one. I'm telling you, you have no idea how much joy uh, he is getting from having this time and this experience with you. And um, you got to be careful because I don't want to get emotional. I lost my dad recently and I miss him so much. And um I'm, I'm, I'm glad that you guys have this and hold on to it because it's important. Hey, dude. Hey, man. Hey, we, we, we appreciate that and condolences to you. Yeah, big, big condolences. A, a reach out, a big hug right now, man, because, uh, you know, that's, that's, a, that's a big big part of why yeah, we man. do this. There are no promises in life. There are yeah. no promises. And, um, and the things that we cherish most can be taken away at any time. And this is, this is really a key to why we do this because we, you know, we've had, hey, man. Yeah. What you're doing right now is conveying how much you loved that man in your life. And, and dude, and dude, that's, and we appreciate you being vulnerable with us, man. And, and I hope you know that we feel that pain, dude. Tom and I have both lost people and, 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 and that's why building relationships, building connectivity, that's what we're all about. And that's why we're here with you, dude. And we love you and you are in a safe space, dude. It's, we love you. You're a fucking legend and we appreciate you expressing that and i'm so sorry to hear that dude because out of everyone in my life you know and don't get me wrong like me and my mom have an incredible relationship my partner you know there's something here with your father and you know you know man to man you know father to son there's something there that's hard to replicate with any other person on the planet so i fully feel that and just know that we fucking yep. love you dude we fully love you and, and, and yeah well, i appreciate that terms. i love you guys too and uh again dear viewer um call your parents I, I realize a lot of people uh i mean if it's safe of course i know some people have twisted messed up relationships with their family and stuff but i'm like life is short and is shorter than you think you know so tell people how you feel yeah 100 yeah. 100 and dave thank you so much for just taking the time to do this being so vulnerable opening up with us being the absolute amazing influence on everyone that we have all grown to know you to be. And you continue to be in this moment, expressing yourself, being a leader for young men to express themselves publicly, be vulnerable, be open. This is what all of this is about, dude. So thank you for being one of my role models in life. And thank you for coming on. Is there anything that you want to say? Because I, I don't want to don't want to keep you crying and, and hitting you with all this yeah, stuff. Right, so, right? Any, yeah, no, any, anything that you want to anything that you want to get out there? Anything that you're working on at the moment? And also anything you just want to say to the people, man? Anything you you got to get out there to the people? Well, you know, I, I live in uh, <clears throat> NDAville, so I can't always talk about every little thing. Um, do take a look at 14 Day DM, 14 Day Player, 14 Day Writer. They're all pinned at the top of my Twitter, which is at B. Dave Walters. Uh, Undisputed Academy uh, is the link for Player and DM. I think there's a link off of that for Writer. If not, it's a subdomain, uh, 14 Day Writer. Um, for all of those things, I, I just said I, I will take years off of your your process of trying to hone your skills in, in GoPro. Um, I would say more than anything, um, the world is in a uh, in a weird and scary time, um, but this is also the greatest time in history to be alive and no one ever anywhere has had it better than we have it now per capita there there's opportunities that are available to you to be able to sing your unique song and tell your story and the world needs it the world needs you because while i say this is the greatest time to be alive it is also the darkest timeline and we will get through it together <laughs> yes. you know can't believe so, you just yeah. said that <laughs> yeah don't uh dude yeah. that's incredible that's that's exactly don't, what i say <laughs> mm -hmm. yeah don't hold back be you there's only one you 20 billion people have walked this earth there's only ever been and ever will be one you so enjoy it and relish it
Exactly. Hey, think about all the possible chances. If you think about the human genome, how many possibilities of humans exist in the world of like of statistics? The percentage possibilities are billions of possibilities. And you're here alive. You are one of the lucky ones that got to actually be alive. Your human genome, your your genetic makeup, your eyes, your body, your brain. It's all here. Make the most of it. And Dave, thank you so much for giving us the opportunity to make the most of this hour with you and taking the time with you today. Um, good, sir. And uh, I'll just say, we are Homie and the Dude, the father and son TTRPG and MMA team. We're just so thankful to continue doing Thanks, this with all you people out there, Dave, yourself, and, and you know, during these tumultuous times in our TTRPG community, know that we love you. You know, we, we do have a safe space on our Discord if people want to come and interact. You know, we're building a beautiful community over there. There will be a link in the description. Otherwise, guys, have a great day. Have a great Thanks, day. everyone. We'll catch you in the next one. Thanks, Dave. We'll see you. Thank you so much for watching this podcast. We really, really hope you enjoyed. Um, if you are interested in joining our journey as we continue here at Homie and the Dude, you can join our community on Discord where we give out loads of behind the scenes content, share early teasers and things like that, as well as also just interact and have just a beautiful space for uh, community members to you know, spend time and, uh, and interact with each other, which is lovely. Um, as well as that, we also currently have our newsletter of holding. It's the best way to keep up to date with all the content that we're currently creating, anything new, that we will be working on, things like new projects, new streams, all that kind of stuff. Primarily at the moment, you can get updates from our Airship Combat Kickstarter that will be coming out soon, um, and that is all in our newsletter of holding. Not to mention, you also get a free D&D supplement from it as well, so it's a great one. All of those links will be down in the description, so um, if you've got the time, check them out. Otherwise, we hope you have a really, really awesome day. Thank you so much for watching Homie and the Dude, and we'll catch you next time.